now for Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball. Your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Well, thanks again for joining us on this week's edition of Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. Uh, I'm Mark Overman uh, with Clay Cates. Uh, Clay, how you doing down there in Laramie today? Yeah. And, uh, why are you there? Why are you in Laramie? <laughs> well, I'm here You're for a couple. and dry. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm heading uh, head down here today for a conference, and uh, just as expected, cold and windy. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm sure. Uh, all right, so on today's episode, we'll just go through a few news items, and there's not really much in the way of news. Uh, and then me and Clay had delve into the, the last three games we played since we've last talked to you. The, we played New Mexico at the pit. We played San Jose at home. And then just yesterday on Saturday, we played Boise uh, in Boise. So let's just get uh, right into the news here. Uh, so Josh Adams signed with the, the Toronto Raptors G League. That's kind of like the minor league system. And then his first game, uh, he had 17 points in 17 minutes. And he had uh, one highlight dunk that any Wyoming fan would be proud of. Uh, so that's that. Uh, we're hearing there's starting to have some rumblings that Jake Hendricks could be back next week. That's what the announcers on the Boise, the Boise state game said, but when I seen him on the sideline, he looked like he was limping. So I don't know how true that one is, but we could sure use him. Couldn't we Clay? Oh yeah. That would definitely give us a good player with some depth. And so, yeah, sure. That would be a great thing to have him back. And his three point shooting could really take some, uh, some of the pressure off, you know, James, one would think, but yeah, uh, for sure. So, and then the other thing, a bit of news here. This was kind of cool. Uh, Mari Brown, who's one of the big uh, donors for Wyoming basketball, and the actual the basketball court at Wyoming is called the Mori Brown Court. Uh, for the for the San Jose game on last Wednesday, uh, he purchased two thousand tickets, and then they gave them away for free. So that was. One way of trying to get some fan interest back in, and he, uh, I, th- I think that night we ended up having about fifty-five hundred to six thousand, so pretty good crowd for a bad team against San Jose on a Wednesday. Uh, what uh, my brother was saying though is that uh, is, was that the right time to buy tickets, Clay? How, what, I mean, I know this is, I mean, don't want to feel like you're biting the hand that feeds you, but. There's been times in the last few years where we're like going to play San Diego state on a Wednesday and the students are gone and we're in contention for second or third place or, you know, is that a better time to buy tickets for and give them away free? Well, you'd certainly want to have it in a more, uh, I guess, game where we really need those fans to back us. Um, You know, that's, that would seem to be the uh, answer you, you know, the kind of the for sure answer. But I think also, too, you know, maybe uh, looking at it from another view of uh, our guys coming home, uh, playing a team that we have a good chance of beating and just kind of giving them kind of a homecoming with some extra fans to kind of get get something going, maybe get them motivated. No, I agree. I agree. I And, I mean, it was Desperate times call for desperate measures, and I get. I think we can all agree it's desperate times in Wyoming basketball. So, uh, for sure. So, all right, let's move into the games here. So, uh, 
I think it was last Saturday. Is that right on the New Mexico game, Clay? That was last Saturday? Is that saying right? I believe, yes. Yes, it was. So we played at the pit. Uh, never very friendly to us, even in the good times. So I don't think we can expect much much more in the bad times. Uh, so we ended up losing that game 53-83. to 83. Uh, And this really was never a game. We were outscored uh 42 to 25 in the first half we and then in the second half we weren't much better they outscored us 41 to 28 kind of in those first few minutes it was kind of a game but Wyoming, well, I mean, we got we got two technicals in the first seven minutes of the game and i mean Wyoming's just not a team that can overcome bad mistakes uh and they were too chintzy two very chintzy uh technicals too i don't even it looked like one of them, Trace Young, breathed on the guy, and they didn't didn't appreciate it. And then the second one, have you seen this, Clay, that new underhooking on on rebounds that they're calling a technical? Have you seen that? Yeah, and it's, it, it's frustrating because I, I don't think – I mean, I don't think anybody's – I think when you go back to, um, you know, teaching kids – different techniques and things clear back into when they're younger. Um, you know, we, I just think it's something that they've been doing for a long time. It's almost kind of like the football rule where, you know, they're, they're calling a lot of stuff now when kids were, they were doing it since they were kids. And so, um, but I think, you know, they're probably just seeing it somehow as a dangerous play and, I don't know. It's frustrating because it's such an easy thing to do and get a technical for it. I just think it's, I don't know. I don't like the rule. Yeah. I think it goes back to about three or four years ago. And, uh, in the NBA playoffs, it was this, this was when, uh, LeBron was still with the Cavs, obviously. And they were playing the Celtics in the, in the playoffs. I don't remember if it was to get to the NBA finals or if it was early in the playoffs, but, uh, Kelly Olynyk, who used to go to Gonzaga, him and Kevin Love were fighting for a rebound down low, and he kind of underhooked uh, Love. And as he was going for the rebound, he ended up underhooking him and then throwing him, and it like ripped Love's shoulder out of place. And then he was out for the playoffs. So, I mean, that's the yeah. only thing I can think of that inspired this. Because other than that one incident, has has anyone been rallying for this to be a technical? It just seems so. It happens. Can it be called? On, it's like offensive holding in football against the line couldn't this be called on almost every rebound i mean people's arms are entangled they're fighting for position (laughs) yeah maybe they maybe the people that made the rule think it's more of the horse collar than the hold but uh yeah i know what you mean it's it's a frustrating one because you're right it's just something that happens a lot when you go up and you're fighting for rebounds it's so easy to hook somebody and not you know you're not really trying to be dirty it's just a it's almost a swim move on a, on a for a defensive player or something, you know. See, here's what I don't understand, and not to beat this too much into the ground, but before was this even a common foul? Do you have some refing experience? Was this a? Um, I don't even remember this being called a common foul. They go from not being a foul at all to a technical. Well, I don't. You know, I kind of think about it from a refing standpoint. I mean, it has to be a safety rule because. I, like I said, it's, you know, the only re, the only way I kind of see it from a refing standpoint is if it kind of gets dirty or out of hand and it becomes an actual push. Yeah. You know, 
it, he it, tries it, to underhook him, and then he like tries to toss him or something. Yeah, because you know both guys when they go for a rebound, they're they're making contact with each other. But when you do something, you know, illegal like like push them or or excessively, to me, that's when it becomes a foul. But you know, yeah. each one is completely different because you'd have to see, I'd have to see it exactly. But yeah, it's frustrating. I just think it's such an easy thing to do when you're going in for a rebound. And as long as it's, you know, clean and you're not doing something dirty, like throwing the guy or trying to hook him or hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. This seems unnecessary that this is a technical, but uh, we'll get on from that. We'll don't want to belabor that point too much here. So after those two early technicals, I mean, it was within the first seven minutes of this New Mexico game. I mean, after that, it was just never really a game. I mean, they, I mean, this, you know, we were some of the same things that have been bothering us, you know, came home to roost in this game. We were out rebounded 38 to 22. Uh, we only had 10 assists. We had 18 turnovers. Uh, our t- turnovers continue to be a huge problem. Uh, what were your, what are some of your memories and thoughts on th- just some of the overall themes of this game? Not to necessarily get into individual performances yet, but. Well, you know, and we've talked about it in every game that we've had that that has ended up in a loss. We've kind of talked about at some point it gets out of hand. You know, we kind of keep it right there. And we had kind of the, the game started to kind of get out of hand. We got it down to eight and then what's about 10 minutes left. And then right then and there, it just seemed like it went to 10 and then we never recovered at that point. And um, that's what, I mean, the thing I always think about games like this is, I mean, we kind of knew going in that this was going to be a bad style matchup, but, you know, we let it get away right there at the 10 minute mark and we just never recovered. And I do think we got, it's hard to say we got lucky in a 30 point loss, but New Mexico's, they had a, Kind of a guy like uh, we had with uh, Luol Dung that wasn't getting enough playing time and then quit. They had a guy that, you know, did the same for them, and I'm sure they have a few injuries. So they didn't full out all out press us the whole game like they have, like they did last year. So, I mean, I fear to think what our turnovers would have been if they would have, you know, been balls to the wall in their press the whole time. But uh, Yeah, and then you look, you know, we both had equal turnovers, but – offensive rebounds just got us again you know or I'm, you know i mean just rebounds sorry not offensive rebounds but you know they got they only had five offensive rebounds but once again we just got out rebounded and lightness uh, another so yeah they had 18 turnovers but they also had 20 assists and we that's half yeah. I mean, we only had half of that i mean yeah that makes a big that's difference yeah, that's the one that you and you and I always talk about. It's the first thing you always bring up to me is the assist line, and and uh, I I get caught on the usually like the offensive rebounds. But yeah, you're right. It's just when it's when it's that different, there's going to be a story to tell, and that scoreboard will always reflect something if 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 the the assists are off that bad. Yeah, and that's just. I mean, I know assist. I mean, it's kind of a, it could be a guy, I mean, the difference in assists is, could be a guy making just a, you know, making or missing a wide open shot, but I don't, 
I don't necessarily think that's the case with this Wyoming team. We're just not creating good looks. I mean, correct. Uh, uh, now let's get to some of the individual performance in this one uh, and give some of the positives, maybe some of the negatives. Uh, not, not too many positives. Uh, James in this one, uh, he had 12 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals. You know, he continues to be the guy that, you know, that we rely on. Uh, but he was inefficient again, 6 of 16. Uh, so he's not really, you know, he's not carrying us. I mean, that's not, that's not a fair, you know, that's not a fair expectation for him to carry us. But he's certainly, as good as he is and as much as I love him, he's not, as the old saying goes, you know, uh, the rising tide lifts all boats and he's not been that for us. I mean, he's just most nights and this was an okay night, but most nights he's just, I mean, and we'll get into it with some of like the Boise game, but I mean, he's just more, he's just another part of the problem and he's not a part of the solution right now. Am I being well, too hard on him? Tell me I'm being too hard on it. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard on this roster. Um, you know, I think one of the thing that, you know, you and I've kind of talked about is, um, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later, but, um, you know, what kind of, what kind of, he's a good player, but is he the man or is he an assist to the man, you know, and yeah. uh, in this case, but on this team, on this roster, he has to be our guy. He has to be the guy that makes it happen on this roster. And, um, you know, you look at Thompson, he had six points in this game and he's been kind of our other guy that's scoring points, at least, you know, last, you know, at least in conference. And, um, so I think what I struggle with there is it's just, you know, for us to, we actually made it in the mid fifties again, that's where we seem to be in the (laughs) fifties. Uh, but he, I mean, if he scores, you know, let's just say he gets in the twenties, you know, we're a lot closer. Of course that we gave up 83, which isn't even close, but, but like I said, he has to be our guy and he has to get at least, you know, he has to get another set of double digits. So he's got to get in the twenties really for us to have any chance against a team that we're going to play a close game with it. Well, he needs to get into the twenties and he needs to be efficient doing it yeah. i think yeah okay okay uh didn't, didn't mean to interrupt you there were you done with that thought or are you yeah yeah I, i'm done uh and uh it's kind of what i was talking about with my brother uh jared who's a big woman fan give him a little shout out uh and that's the brother I'm always talking about when I say my brother. I have two brothers, but the other one's in Canada. He doesn't know what Wyoming basketball is. Uh, now, would we be better off with Josh Adams on this team as, as opposed to James? Is he more that Batman than a Robin, like you were kind of saying, the man to the man? To the man? I know we weren't very good in, in Adams' senior season. You know, it was kind of a lot like this, but I think we were – I just – and maybe, you know, my memory isn't serving me well, but it feels like we were more, you know, more competitive in those games. You know, we were losing them, but Adams was so good. He was, on some nights, he was so hot. He would keep us in games, you know, that we had no business being in. And it just doesn't really feel like James is keeping. He's not having, he's having, 
he's not having those great nights to offset those bad nights, you know? Am I am I just reading it wrong or no, I, I think you're right. And you know, if you look at like a Josh Adams, I mean, I think you know, when he became the guy and he had to be our man, he would rise to the level that he had to uh in several ways. Number one, he was he was a master at if he wasn't scoring points from the field, he would get to the line. He just had a way. He knew he just he was the man at getting to that those high points. And um, and I just think when I kind of look at, you know, the last couple of years, we've had, um, you know, McManaman, um, Dalton, we had we had different guys that were scoring other points and they would have big games and sure. he would be able to assist in that didn't have the man. Sometimes he wasn't guarded as close as those guys and all kinds of that. There was factors, but he I agree with you. I think he's a better guy when he's not the lead role and not to be unfair to james let me let me give credit where credit's due and like i said i love james and i think he's a great player it's just you know it feels like something's lacking this season but <laughs> so having said that he's one of only five players coming into the san jose game i don't know if this is the case anymore because he didn't have very many rebounds in the san jose game but Going into the San Jose game, he was one of only five players in the nation that was averaging 20 points a game and nine nine or more rebounds a game. So obviously he's doing you know a lot right, but I think more, right now he's just more of a it's just more of a you know it's not very efficient. It's just more of a numbers game. He's playing you know 38, 40 minutes a game. You know he's shooting a lot. I mean. He's getting his points. He's getting his rebounds, but it's just not really. They're not effective minutes, I guess. The same, um, not all the time for sure, but a, a lot of the nights it just feels like they're, you know, ineffective minutes. But and also to his credit, um, it seems like he's remained a very positive attitude, and it would be very easy for him to quit on this team. But you can see him in huddles, and he's coaching up guys, and you know he's staying, you know, playing hard defense. So. Now, I it's kind of a confusing situation with James, it feels like at this point, because you remember two years ago when he was a sophomore, uh, and I'm kind of throwing you on the spot here, Clay, I don't, you know, but do you remember, so he was a sophomore, Dalton was a junior, do you remember the big hubbub about Edwards and his rotations that year? What was he doing with James? Well, um, I kind of remember some things. I may not get exactly what you're looking for, but I mean, he would pull him and sit him out. Yeah, for, and he like he was in the doghouse, kind of. And he was he he wasn't starting. He was kind of oh, neither. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was like starting. Six man. Okay, yeah. So we were we were wondering if he was in the doghouse. Yeah, I, thought, and, I mean, him and Dalton were clearly our best players. I mean, and yeah. Yeah, and they were both coming in off the bench a lot, you know, and it was just, I mean, usually they were like in at the end of the game and they were finishing the game. And that was one of Edwards bigs, you know, big sayings that he always said, it wasn't who's starting. It's about who's finishing the games, but, and I'm not necessarily, I'm not making this case because don't, I was on Edwards at that time saying, you know, what the hell, why aren't we starting our best guys here? But uh, if you go back and look at it, I mean, that was James, James was kind of at his peak as a sophomore. I mean, I know his raw numbers have increased just because he shoots more and he plays more minutes, but as far as efficiency goes, 
I mean, he was shooting 40% from three. I mean, that's just dipped down, you know, oh, dipped down every year. Sorry, guys, I just yeah. lost electricity here. Let's... <laughs> My lights just went out on me. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he, you know, he was 40%. He was just more efficient coming in off the bench. And, I mean, back to that whole, is he the man or is he a man to, you know, assistant to the man? Maybe Edwards, you know, get, was playing James, you know, correctly then uh, on that particular team. The team yeah, that went up on the CBI. Yeah, and we had a lot more depth and some people that could score then. And, and I, you know, it, it's hard to say why he was strong at that time, but um, – I remember correctly that was kind of when McManaman was struggling with his shooting and and um it was just one way that he came in and contributed and um yeah it's just, it was a whole different attitude though I think sometimes when you don't have to be the man you kind yeah. of fill it in anyhow because there's no pressure on you to be the man and maybe that's what he feels right now I know when you know not to I keep bringing up McManaman but I think, you know, he had that great shooting year as, what, a junior year? And then when yeah, that was, that was like the best shooting season in history. Maybe that wasn't his yeah. role. Yeah. And so. then, yeah. No, and that is fair. I mean, there is, a you know, a massive amount of pressure on James. And there was big pressure on him to start the season. And with every injury, suspension, guy leaving the team, it just increases ever more. So, I mean, I guess the frustrating thing <laughs> – and I didn't really mean to talk about this that much, but every game you turn it on, you know, and you're watching the game, you know, and the announcer's like, oh, this is an NBA player, an NBA prospect. And I just – I'm not seeing it, I guess. I mean, if – I mean, I think he's got a lot of talent, but I just – I don't see him as an NBA guy. Is that fair or am I just being too hard on the guy? Well, I mean, when you look at all those guys that are, you know – making the NBA and I can't speak for every one of them because there's different heights and things they're looking for, but it, for different positions, but for his position, I mean, those guys are scorers and, and they're going to hit three point shots. And they just, they, they do it from inside and outside. And, and, you know, I'll tell you what, he has the athleticism. Yeah, I mean, no, for sure. But, uh, but I you know, I, he, show, he shows times where I, I mean, there, I, I'm going to be honest with you. There were times in his career at Wyoming where I thought he was for sure. And I didn't disagree with that one bit. No, I agree. I agree. It just doesn't seem like, you know, and this seems like it could be a problem, you know, like developing players at Wyoming. It seems like a lot of times, you know, they come in and show a lot of promise. And maybe I'm just biased right now because we're having a bad season, but it seems like a lot of times, you know, like guys come in and you don't see a whole lot of improvement over the years. But, I mean, the opposite's true, too. I don't know. Like, obviously, Nance improved a lot in his years. You know, Adams improved a lot. I Maybe I'm just Derek, negative Nancy right now. Yeah. Eric Quick Jr., yeah, there, there are guys for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but, you know, just the last thought for me on this is just, you know, it's just been – I do believe that sometimes your mentality is impacted 
you know, we've talked about what a brotherhood it is when you got guys on the team, you got, I mean, you know, you lose Nye Redding, um, Maldonado, different guys that can play roles on the team. And so when all those guys are, are hurt or gone and the pressure is a little bit different, you do, you force it a little bit. I mean, look at all the shots and, 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 it's no different than anybody. Sometimes you just kind of lose your confidence and you're trying to do everything and it's hard. And so I think some of that probably is playing on him. I really believe if we didn't have these injuries and we had some of these players and we were able, you know, to be in more of these games, it would be easier for him to get into a flow. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I mean, I know he missed, you know, there's some games where he's really having an off night, but, and he's missing everything, but, I mean, most of the time, you know, when he gets an open on look, I'm just more talking three-pointer here because, you know, that's not necessarily his shot. But when he gets an open, wide open look from three, he's not bad at it. It's just he takes a lot of tough ones. And, you know, being not a great three-point shooter, he doesn't really hit the tough ones as much. But, all right, let's move on from James. I don't want to, you know, beat him to death when he's clearly our best player. Uh so one of the positives from this game, uh, and it's kind of been a theme as we've kind of, you know, as some of these injuries have happened and A.J. Banks gets more playing time. Uh, I think he can be a real lockdown defender. I mean, he's, you know, 6'2", but he's, I mean, he's crazy athletic. You know, jump out of the gym, he's quick. Uh, so lately he's been uh, tasked with, uh, you know, covering the other team's uh, top scorer. Uh on the perimeter, perimeter score. Obviously, he's not going to, you know, guard at the center or anything. Uh, and then these last three games that we played, he's done a good job in every one. Uh, so, in the Mexico game, he held uh, their leading scorer, Mathis, uh, who averages uh, 15 and a half points. Uh, he held them 12 points, which isn't a, you know, you know, a big downgrade, but he, Mathis was only three of nine shooting, so he wasn't very, uh, very efficient. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's, here's how, di- <laughs> here's how dire the situation is. Like, you want to know one of my pauses for this game? Uh, Hayes Forrest from the walk-on, uh, was one of one from the field with a three-pointer. That's one of the big highlights of this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be. No, I, uh, I mean, I, I do know what you mean though, by him, um, that, that I, back to the other part on Banks, he, I mean, it it's nice to see that though i mean it's nice to know that we have a, a guy that could kind of be that lockdown guy because what 12 is not that big of a deal right and uh it seems just like um you know i we've talked about that a little bit how that's kind of been a positive thing over and over and you know, and the the biggest thing I think every team tries to do is stop their other, you know, the other team's best player. Yeah. And if like we have that one, it's a, it, you know, if we could kind of chop down some of those points, but, you know, obviously in the New Mexico game, the, the points came from other places. You know, because I think if I looked at it right, their whole, their entire roster scored. So. Yeah, they're getting – we limited the guy, but everyone else just, and that's what a good team does. You know, they, when your guy's not, you know, having a night that they come in and, you know, raise, 
raise him up. Uh, another one of the positives from this game, and this guy's had a roller coaster season. Uh, Brandon Porter, you know, he had seven points in this game. He only had one turnover. Uh, he went from, like I said, he's had a roller coaster season. Earlier in the season, he showed some promise. Then I got he got to the point where I thought he was unplayable, and then he comes back and he has a decent couple games and all. So the New Mexico game was good. And we'll get it. Obviously when we get the San Jose game, we'll get to that. The San Jose game was good. And then, you know, and then when we get to the Boise game, it was just, he fell off a cliff again, but in this particular game, he was good. Uh, and I think that's kind of what you see with all these freshmen. And I, I guess that's, you know, it's the good and the bad, but it's like, I would say it's more good that you see, obviously, like back when we had Ian, Ian McMacken on the show, like he was talking about consistency with some of these guys. Uh, but these guys have shown the potential to have some really good performances. And it's just all about finding that consistent level. So, I mean, they're showing the, that they have talent and they have some ability. They just need to find a way to do it night in and night out which obviously is the makeup of a good team. Yeah, if he could get seven points a game right now, I, I think we'd feel pretty good about that. Oh, yeah, heck yeah. Uh, Trace Young, uh, you know, he kind of came in right when he came in. He was, you know, he was just a breath of fresh air. He had like 16 points in his first couple games. He was really looking, and I do believe he's still, you know, he has talent and I have hope for him. But in this game, he kind of, you know, hit a wall. He was two of 11 from the field. Uh, so it was a bad game. And ever since this game, he's just been less aggressive. And I really liked his aggressiveness. I, uh, but since this game, he's, I think he's only attempted three shots in the next two games after this game, after going two of 11. And I'm sure that's just a, do you think that's more of a confidence thing, Clyde? Or do you think Edwards is telling him to, you know, is trying to hone him in, or is it a combination of the two? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of – it's hard to put your finger on, you know, stuff when it's just sporadic like that. And um, I, I don't really know what's going on there, but just the hot and coldness of it, it's – you know, you just don't know what you're going to get every night out of a player. And um, – I don't know, Mark. I just, uh, I, I've never yeah. had an answer for some of these things like him and Porter. Well, it's hard to know when you're not sitting in the the meetings and hearing, you know, the X's and O's of, you know, you know, shoot more, shoot less, you know, I don't know. Uh, but since this game, he has really dipped down and I really liked his assertiveness before, you know, before coming into this game and even this game, you know, you go to 11, but I mean, I didn't think he was, you know, playing, you know, out of character or taking I maybe mean, for some shots, but I mean, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I think Mark, they're just they're, those guys like him are just looking for a rhythm somehow. Hopefully, he shoots yeah. them out of them, you know, or something. But and this team, this team is having a hard time. Just everybody is having a hard time finding a rhythm. That's for sure. Yeah, because sure. uh, like, like a. So it's just there's no consistency on this team, which I'm sure all bad teams share that trait. But like in this game, 
Thompson and Taylor, they played 71 minutes combined, right? Thompson and Taylor. And yes. in those 71 minutes combined, they only attempted eight shots. I mean, that's – I mean, I don't know. I don't really like that, I guess. I'd rather – if we're going to be bad, I'd like to see our young guys with potential being more assertive and more aggressive. I mean, 71 minutes of play and you're only shooting, that's, you know – that it pretty much averages out to 35 minutes a piece and four shots a piece. I mean, here's not even being, I mean, teams don't even need to guard you. I mean, if, if you're not going to shoot the ball, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, <laughs> you and I have talked enough sports over the years where, you know, you want confident people out there and, and um, you know, it didn't take, like Hunter Thompson long to just start realizing he can shoot the ball and um, just yeah, but, like, and, when and Young know, came in, it seemed like when Trace Young came in, he had that, that confidence. And then yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, you just know, if it, nights or if it's coaching or if it's just being on yeah, a bad he, team. He's kind told of. To, uh, yeah. If he's told to, you know, quit shooting the ball you're not making it or whatever but like say we have several guys that aren't making it so um i don't know the one thing i can tell you is a shooter is a shooter and definitely if he's not going to shoot either he's lost his confidence or the coach is telling him not to shoot that's one of yeah. these or the other guys to get frustrated with and maybe that might be another one you know I'm, I'm giving more answers than i am questions but or it could be just a systematic problem because uh I mean, particularly in the Boise game, as we'll get to, he, he didn't shoot the ball. He had zero attempts. But it wasn't like he was passing up a lot of good looks. We're just not creating good looks. I mean, so I don't know. I, like I said, more questions than answers. But let's uh, let's move on to the San Jose game. Clay. We're, 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 ram- we're rambling about this New Mexico game a little too much here. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, – so we played San Jose on uh, – Wednesday night, um, and we won, fifty-nine to forty-six. Can you believe it? We we ended the streak of eight or nine losses in a row. Yeah. Um, but if we wouldn't have won this game, boy, would that have been depressing. Uh, so at half, this game was actually tied, uh, and this the first half was kind of a, you know, I mean, as a basketball is a game of runs, but. So we started the half on an 11-0 run, and then in the last seven minutes of the half, we were outscored 16-4. to uh, And then the first half, you'll love this one, Clay. San Jose had 10 offensive rebounds in the first half alone. So that's, I mean, that's the way you, you can keep a team in it if you're giving up 10 offensive rebounds a half. Yeah. For sure. You knew that one would catch my eye. Uh, so in the first half, if you combined field goal attempts and free throws, so I'm just like total shots at the hoop, you know, they had 37 shots and we only had 23. I mean, that's just not a recipe for success. And as you can see, like at the half at home to a bad team, we were tied 24 to 24. So we were doing, a, we started off good, but then we kind of, Fell back into some of those old patterns that have, you know, that we've found ways to lose games. Uh, yeah. 
But in the second half, uh, we were much better. I mean, we outscored them 35 to 22 uh, to beat them by 13. Uh, the uh, San Jose only scored. So it was tied 24 to 24 at half. And the Spartans only scored six points in the first 12 and a half minutes of the second half. That's a very Wyoming-like uh, scoring output and a half. Wouldn't you agree, Clay? Yeah, and, I mean, that was the difference. And, like, you talked about the difference in losses. Well, that was a point to, of a game where, uh, you know, our defense got better. They weren't making shots. Um, we were consistently making points and pulled away from them. And that's that's what we need to do is find a, a way for – I mean, we kind of let that moment happen, you know, kind of let them back in the game and close that into that and uh, first half. And that really kind of stifled. Uh, we stifled them in the second half and that and what you just said. Is this the part of the show where your wife calls and interrupts the show every week? <laughs> it's, it's actually the front desk calling me here at this hotel, yeah. but. Um, I think somebody's trying to get a hold of me. It's no big deal. Um, you offend the wake up guy, or <laughs> yeah, what's that? So, did you offend the wake up guy, or what is? Well, why I, is he calling I you? Somebody, because I'm I'm uh, predicting somebody's going to come knock on the store. Um, but anyhow, so yeah, I I do. But that was an important point to get them to, you know, they they went cold or we deed up, however you want to say it, matched up. And uh, we pulled away and scored points for what we did. What I really liked about what we did in that game is, is all but one of our guys scored. And we had, uh, you know, two scorers, one high teens and one in the 20s. And that's what we need to do to get a win. Yeah, uh, two things just going off what you said there. So our defense, you know, obviously San Jose is not a good team. So that's a big part of this puzzle of why we won this game. The San Jose is just a bad team like we are. And this was a home game for us, but I thought uh, AJ Banks continued his trend of locking down the, you know, the opposing team's top perimeter threat. Uh, they have a guy on their team, uh, Noah Bowman, who uh, he only averages, you know, about 10 points a game, but he's a lethal three point shooter. Uh, he shoots 53% from three uh, and Banks, you know, there was a collection of guys, but it's mainly Banks is the main defender. Uh, held him three of 12 from the field and two of nine from the arc. Uh, and I really felt like all those shots were highly contested. We, this was a good game where we didn't let the opposing team's best perimeter player get a lot of open looks, which was a, which was a good thing to see. Uh, sure. then go ahead, Clay. Did you have something there? No, I just said, sure. Uh, and then, uh, like you said, we had a guy score in the, you know, the twenties and that was James. Uh, and this was the kind of game you need from James. You know, he was seven of 12. He shot over 50%. Uh, he was a threat from, you know, three. He was three of seven, which is, you know, close to 40%. Uh, so that's the James we need on night in, night out. You know, efficient, getting his points, uh, a threat from the arc. Uh, so that was all good to see there. Um, we still had 17 turnovers in this game, which continues to be a a huge problem for us, but unlike the other games, we actually had 14 assists to 17 turnovers, where in most games we've been around eight, nine assists to 17, 18 turnovers, which was just, is just 
you can't have that. You can't have that. You gotta, I mean, you gotta be sharing the ball. You gotta be creating good looks for each other. And ideally you'd like to have more assistant turnovers, but if we can even get it at the, to be even at this point, I'd, I'd take that as a win. Yeah. And I, I mean, we did a nice job and, and we were more consistent, like I said, in that second half. And then, and then that's when you saw our guys having fun out there, some pretty nice dunks. And those yeah, there's three awesome ones. Yeah, those are things you can do when things are going your way. I never did see it. I, I kept trying to look, but I didn't watch SportsCenter that next day. But I thought we had a chance at a top 10 play, especially that breakaway Trace Young dunk. Okay? He had a guy right on his hip, and then he had JJ kind of trailing with him. And it kept I kept thinking he was either just going to lay it up or – Dump it off to JJ, but at the last second he just kind of tomahawk dunked it, and that was that was a nice one. Uh, yeah, it was really fun to see. So is this a chicken or the egg, Clay? Let me, you know. So we have 14 assists. You know, we share the ball a lot better, and we shoot 56.1 percent from the field. I mean, you know what? I'm, I mean, is that like what comes first? You know what I mean? Is it? We had more assists because we were shooting better or, you know, we were sharing the ball better, so we shot better. I'm sure it's, a, you know, a little from column A, a little from column B, but. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think about the game and it just seemed like it had a, a flow where we were getting a lot of, of passes and good shots off those passes. That's kind of what I'm recalling, especially in that second half. Or like I yeah. said, things kind of flowing for us. And so I'm, I'm where it was good passes and getting good shots off of good passes. I don't think it was the quality of looks, but like I said, and I don't want to be too much of a Debbie Downer, but I think a lot of that had to do with their zone defense is about as porous as our zone defense is. And yeah. we were getting a lot of good looks. Well, and then like we kind of talked about with some of the dunks and some of those other things, when things are going well for you, guys – Guys start not only are they shooting well and feeling confident, but they're also wanting to try to make a good pass. You know, they're starting yeah. to play with the team, they're getting the ball around. And you know, I could see how that would happen. Well, it's just like one of those things we've talked about before, like like momentum. It's you know, invisible. You can't see it, but it's a it's a real thing, you know. I mean that's all one of the things I always look for in a game. Like if our guy, whoever it may be, goes to the free throw line and he misses that first free throw. I just get a sinking feeling in my heart, like, oh, this is the game kind of game it's going to be. But you get a guy up there, hits his first two free throws, and it just kind of feels like it it carries over to the team. I, uh, yeah, I think it does, and sometimes it does carry over that way. So another one of the – two of the other positives from this game, and then we can move on to the, the Boise game. Uh, like you said earlier, uh, you didn't name him, but – uh, Thompson was the guy that scored 14 points. Uh, he was four of seven from three. He continues. I mean, he's having a very good season shooting the ball. Uh, he's kind of a liability on the defensive end, but as a freshman, I mean, there's room for improvement and he's very good on one end of the court. I'll take that as we stand right now. Uh, have you been liking what you've been seeing out of Thompson clay or? Yeah. I mean, I think he does have serious potential, and I think that, um, you know, he definitely has the makings of a what I would say uh, 
you know, a guy that could consistently score for us inside, outside, um, you know, getting to the free throw line, those types of things. So, I mean, I think he's going to be a good player for us. Um, he, you know, we need him to be more of a 14, somewhere between, you know, 14 and 20 points kind of guy with this on this team this year, but in the future, hopefully more, um, and be less of that six guy that he was, uh, against New Mexico. Yeah. The thing about Thompson, I think he needs to get to the point where he's just not a liability on the defensive end because, you know, as good as he is on the, I mean, he's better on the offensive end than he is bad on the defensive end. But it's tough to play a guy when he's just getting beat all the time on the defensive end. Uh, it would be nice to, to see if he could, you know, get to that point where he's scoring 14, 15 points a game and he's getting over five rebounds a game. Um, or he just needs to be – and we've mentioned this before. I just think he needs to be paired with another, you know, it needs to be like a Nance Cook pairing. He needs another guy like that on the court with him to kind of take some of that pressure off him down low. That, that guy is more of the, you know, the rim protector, the rebounder type guy, you know, guy do the dirty work. And Thompson's more of the flashy guy that's on the offensive end, you know, where he's more expending his energy on that end. That's kind of where I'd like to see things go there. Uh, anything else about this uh, New Mexico game, Clay, or are you ready to move on to the Boise game? Uh, I mean, San the San Jose game. game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, move on to Boise. Although we're moving from a win to a, another loss, so I don't know. Let's let's stay in the win, Clay. Let's just keep talking about that all night long. It's good times. Yeah, we, we're we're spending more time on the losses, aren't we? There might not be uh, many more of these wins to come. We we got to cherish this moment. That's right. Uh, all right. So I guess if you're going to force my hand, let's move on. Uh, so we played Boise State yesterday. It was a Saturday, two p.m. game. Uh, this was just this was a lot similar to the New Mexico game where it was just I don't know. We had our moments in this one. I guess all basketball games a game of runs, but we had a miserable first half. We couldn't. You know, just couldn't make a shot to save our life. At half, we the score was 14 to 28. And it might not sound like it, but we went on a mini run there to score the 14 points that we did score there at the last couple minutes of the half. Yeah. What are, what are some of your initial thoughts on that first half, Clay? Well, just like you said, there, there was a little bit of a, uh, you know, positive part there. Um, but I don't know. It's just one of those games where, uh, you know, you're just, I just, you know, you're kind of hoping for those good things to kind of happen at some point. And then it just, it just never comes to fruition for me. It's kind of how I viewed it. It just, yeah. Uh, we just kind of, you kind of get just a little bit of a run and it gives you a glimmer of hope. And then, um, then, like I said, then it just, kind of just goes away and I don't know that's kind of how I it was one of those I mean, you hold a team you hold a team like Boise to 28 in the first half that's kind of right where you want to be but the problem yeah. so our defense you know was solid but we just I mean when you can't when you can't put the ball in the hoop I mean there's not much you can do I mean and yeah I mean, we just kind of you know 
we didn't really start out that great. And then it just kind of, like I said, it just kind of went to seven and then it went to nine. And, and then you were just kind of hoping we'd kind of close, but we would never, and, and then we'd kind of hold them for a little bit and you'd be like, okay, let's start a run here. Let's get a couple scores, but they just couldn't do it. And you yeah. know, Boise's not that good of a team. And so you were kind of thinking maybe if we could put a run together, they wouldn't be able to handle it, but they, we just never really seemed like once it kind of got to, you know, I don't know, seven or eight points, it just got away from us and we could never close it. Uh, part of the problem, uh, we just, like I said, we couldn't hit a shot in the first half. I think at half we were like, Oh, a 10 from three James was oh a 10 from the field. I mean, that's kind of what I've been saying, you know, like, he comes out and he himself, and there's a lot of pressure on him. You know, I understand that. But if he comes out in this game and just plays good, I mean, we're right in it at half. I mean, if he has 10 points at half, which would put him right about his average, even as bad as everything else would have gone, we'd be down by four points at half with sitting there right in it, you know, with a chance to win. But kind of like I was alluding to earlier, it just seems like most nights – that not only is he not putting the team on his back, but he's just just another cog in the machine and is just, you know, just part of the problem. I mean, he's not the problem. I'm not saying that, but it's just, he's just not the solution either, I guess, is the best way to say it. Yeah, he just, I mean, he just can't, in a game like this, where they're not that good of a team, he can't score seven points. I mean, you're right. He's the difference. I mean, in a game like this where, where they're down this year and they're not that great, he's got he's to be in the mid-20s. I mean, I'm just saying if he's going to be our guy, he's going to be the guy that does lead our team. He's got to be in the mid-20s. I mean, let's just say he had, you know, I don't know. Hey, it's hard to say that when you when you lose by 25, you know. Sure. Uh, but, you know, another thing, too, is, I mean, I know there's other guys on the team, you know, you can't have Trace Young scoring zero, you know. And, yeah, uh, 29 minutes, he scored zero points. You know, he wasn't really, you know, rebounding the ball or assisting the ball. I mean, those are just empty minutes. I mean. You can put me out there. I can pass the ball around the perimeter. I mean. Yeah, I've, I've seen your game. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah. You don't do too I'll, bad. I'll pass that ball around the perimeter all night long. I tell you. Uh, so, yeah. So, in two games against Boise State, uh, James has a combined 14 points on three of 31 from the field. That's not uh, not good. I might be able to do that, too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, let's go here. So, yeah, we just out-rebounded again, 22 to 34. You know, they had 12 offensive rebounds. We have three. At some point, Clay, doesn't he just got to say, you know, let's try to rebound the basketball. I mean, I know – we're a bad rebounding team no matter how you slice it. I, I believe that. We don't, you know, we're missing, you know, Maldonado, who, you know, he's not a big, but, you know, he's got some height, and he was 
just kind of a feisty guy that would get some rebounds. And then we're also missing we're missing that other, you know, that Derek Cook Jr. type of guy that's just kind of in there doing the dirty work who's a rebounding specialist. So we are missing that piece, but I just I find it so frustrating that we don't even attempt to rebound at certain times. We take a shot and you can you know, our guys are already moving back, you know, and they're already past the three-point line. And lo and behold, it's a hits the back iron and it kicks out way long. And, you know, we had had a 50-50 shot of getting that ball, but we don't even try to get it. Isn't that just infuriating? Yeah, it's a bad strategy. And, I mean, if, if it was – there's just some teams that just own the boards. And, of course, we used to be a lot better at it. I know we've always had the little bit of – of frustration with some of the rebounding tactics on free throws and things over the years. But I mean, to me, rebounding, rebounding is an attitude. It, it's, you know, it could be coached as a strategy. In other words, we're going to go get those boards, you know, but I think they're afraid of getting beat back. That's one thing they don't want to do is give up transition. And so if you're, if you're worried about getting back and, and getting beat in transition, you're not going to own the boards. And if you don't have guys that are, you know, I mean, I think I, I don't want to always go back to these guys, but I mean, we've talked about this before when Larry Nance Jr. And Derek Cook Jr. were there, those rebounds were ours. I don't care who was in there. We owned Yeah, but that was more just on the defensive end. We still weren't a good offensive rebounding team and it wasn't their fault. It's just, we don't, that's kind of when this philosophy took over. It was Shia's idea of, Let's get back on defense. So yeah, we were one of the best, you know, rebounding teams in the in the country on the defensive end. So we weren't giving sure. up offensive rebounds, which is huge. Yeah, but, and I know on the, on the offensive part though, we used to get a lot of those, you know, long rebounds. What I was trying to say about that is, I mean, those guys wouldn't just be, you know, taken off because there was an attitude that they could have a chance of getting those rebounds. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that, I mean, you know. Offensive rebound for guys that are seeking them. It's going yeah. to, you know what I mean? If you're thinking about it. Um, yeah, the ball just happens to you find you. Yeah, you know, you just, when you're, I mean, I can't remember, and I don't know a statistic, but you remember back when Dennis Rodman was just a, a oh, yeah. the word. Yeah, when he was a freak at getting rebounds, but he got so many offensive rebounds. He would battle. He would go get him. He just had a knack for the ball. And well, part of that was just taking advantage of opportunity and knowing when those present themselves. I mean, that just goes to show you, like you said, rebounding is an attitude. Don't, I mean, obviously Dennis Rodman had a lot of athleticism, but, I mean, it's kind of – I mean, it's amazing to think of that one of the best rebounder, rebounders of all time, maybe the best, I mean, what I think Dennis Rodman was six seven, Clay. I mean, I mean he's been I mean battling seven footers his whole career, and he was just I mean tenacious. But yeah, I mean I, I think well, that just an attitude. We're not taking advantage of it. I mean, it would be one thing if we were a good team. You know, it'd be like okay, you know, we're not a good rebounding team, but like at some point, I would just like to see us try something. You know, he did. he's tried some different things. I'm not saying he refuses to try anything new. But on this rebounding thing, it just seems like he's so stubborn. Like, why don't we, you know, try to offensive rebound? Maybe that could be, 
you know, one way to keep ourselves in the game. Just like, look at the San Jose game, for example. You know, it was, you know, we're playing a bad San Jose team at home, you know, at half, where we outshot them significantly. The score is 24-24. And why is that? Because they had 10 offensive rebounds, and they had 37 total shots on basket, and we only had 23. And that would be one way of closing the gap if, you know, you got one or two more. I mean, just one or two more possessions a game would help. But, I mean, it would be nice if we could get seven or eight offensive rebounds a game. But we more often or not get like three. Yeah, and my guess is just afraid of getting beat back. But how often do we beat teams back? It's not like teams that are trouncing us on the offensive boards. It's like, oh, at least we're beating them back on defense. I mean, that doesn't – Yeah. No, I just think it's a – it's – anxiety of getting beat back that's just what that's the only thing i could come up with why you would be afraid to do that and it could be a foul thing too like we're afraid that of could be a foul and it could be a you know we're under man type thing but i mean he's been doing that ever since he took over from shyatt you know not yeah. offensive rebounding not you know rebounding on free throws i mean we gotta be one of the only teams in america who don't rebound on free throws it's just it's ridiculous I've always hated that. We did it under Shia, and I blame him for it, too. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I know that about you. I do. I used to yell at him, put guys in the rebound on the free throw. He didn't listen. He just didn't listen to me, Clay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so our assisted turnover ratio in this game was, a you know, god-awful. Uh, and I think this was the worst, uh, the worst passing I've ever seen a team did. It looked like. I mean, it looked like we had a bunch of Ryan Leafs out there just airmailing the ball around. You didn't like that analogy when I told you that yesterday, did you? Well, it brought up a lot of bad charger memories for me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, they, we were throwing some floaters out there for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't tell you how many. I honestly don't. And I'm. this isn't hyperbole. I don't know if I've ever seen a team have that bad of a passing game. We just. You know, time after time after time, we were just throwing balls into the third row of the the stands. It was it was ridiculous. I mean, and at one point in the second half, uh, so we were down 14 at half. We kind of started the second half on a little run there, and we got to seven. But, I mean, I think we had four possessions in a row with four turnovers. And, I mean, if we just cut our turnovers from 24 to 12, which 12 is not – you know, it's not like that's a ridiculously low number. I mean, what does it make this game? I mean, it makes I think that makes this a competitive game. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I don't I don't have a stat here that says what they got for second chance shots on offensive rebounds, but they had nine nine more of those than us, which is nine more opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Twelve or three numbers, you know, when you gave we gave up twenty like you said, let's just say we get 12 of them back. I mean, you know, right there, there's mid-20s and opportunities of shots to go in. And, you know, even if you make some of those, then, like I say, just give yourself a better chance. But, man, it's so many. Like I said, the offensive rebounds are giving them that many scoring opportunities in you. And then on the other end of it, you're turning the ball over and giving many more opportunities 24 opportunities we gave them just to sh- just off of turnovers alone yeah no it was 
It was not good. Uh, so, yeah, we just shot terrible from the field. 39% from the field. We were 2 of 16 from 3, which is 12.5%. Uh, and like I said, we got it down to 7, but then the game kind of got – it got weird, I'm not going to lie. And uh, they called – in the game, there were four technical fouls called. Of course, three of them were on Wyoming. Uh, and then there was one on Boise State. Let me ask you this, Clay. Because I don't know if I've ever seen this call in college basketball. I thought this was an NBA rule. Uh, let's think. Like, you know the clear path rule? You know what I'm no. talking about? No, huh? not off the top of my head. I don't know like by when name. A guy's got a, like when a guy's got a clear, like, he got, it's usually happens when a guy gets a steal and there's nobody, he's got the ball and there's no one in between him and the, the hoop. He's got like a free run at the hoop. And then somebody comes up from behind and like fouls him from behind intentionally. It's like called a okay. clear path foul. So in the NBA, that's a technical because it's, it's assumed that he's going to score and they get like one shot in the ball. But I don't think I've ever seen that called in college. So what happened was they stole the ball. We had the ball. They stole it about at midcourt. I don't even know if the guy had full possession of the ball. You know, he maybe it took one dribble. And TJ Taylor, like, reached out. looked like he, you know, tried to grab with the ball, but he more or less grabbed the guy, you know, around the waist and kind of turned him and got a foul. And they called it a technical, so it was two shots in the ball. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just don't – I'm not – you know, I'm not a refing expertise, but I just I, I haven't seen that one called in the college game. I don't think. No, and I, I mean, I guess in any of the arenas I ref, you know, which is more or less, you know, been anything from high school down, um, which I don't do very much anymore. Uh, I didn't even know it was called that. I know what rule you're talking about now in the NBA, but I didn't know it was named that. Yeah. Uh, I really, truly, I, I don't know if I have seen it in college and maybe it's just been a coincidence on both of our parts where it's been called. We just weren't watching the right game, uh, but not in Wyoming games, at least, or it's just primarily the ones I watch. Yeah. That usually just seems like normally, I, it seems like so many times where we've had the same exact opposite visit, you know, thing happen where we're going to get a, you know, a fast break and we get kind of foul from behind. I don't remember us ever getting a technical. Uh, let me also give you a set. I'm not to put you on the spot here, Clay, but I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a situation and I want you to tell me what, what the call is, okay. like what happens, like, you know, who gets ball, who, how many free throws are shot kind of thing. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So a team has a breakaway, a breakaway, a guy's got a fast break. He goes yeah. up. He dunks the ball, it goes in, and a guy kind of intentionally fouls him as the hoop's going in. So what what is the call? Okay, it was I'll just tell you this. It was called, you know, an intentional technical foul. So what happens? Like the basket's good, right? Yes. Basket's okay. good. So what else happens? And then an intentional well, foul. You, can't see, you guys can't see Clay right now. He's signaling. He's the signaling yes. The basket is good. I believe what happens is the basket is good and there's an intentional foul. So there should be two free throws in college, I think. And who gets the ball? 
Um, well, this is the team shooting the free throws that just got? Know, yeah, let's just okay. Two things you have to remember here, and I'm not, I'm not positive on the calls because at, at every level they do it a little bit different. But uh, if I was to guess what I what I think is right, okay, you get the basket. It's an intentional foul, and then after the intentional fouls are shot, that team gets the basketball as well. Now, it, you have to look at it. What what would happen if there was a an intentional foul and the basket? Let's just say the basket wasn't good; it missed it. What would happen? You get the yeah, intentional yeah. and the ball, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess. The basket being good or not doesn't really factor in, right? Well, I mean, and, and maybe it does. I, I don't know. Maybe, but. No, I, well, you're right. That's what happened. It just seemed, and I mean, I'm sure I'm just being, uh, you know, looking through my Wyoming goggles here, but so Boise got the basket, they shot two free throws and they got the ball. I just, I mean, it rarely seems like you see a team that could, you know, get a seven point possession if, you know, they do everything right. I just. But I'm sure that was the right call. I was just it's one of those okay. things you get that's what I think happens. And um I guess you have to look at it this way. I don't think making the basket impacts the, the foul call at all. I think when you normally when you have a an intentional foul, from that point on, it's there's always the basketball is always awarded to the team that took the foul. So I think. You have a score, you have a foul on the score. Yeah. With, um, now, I guess the weird thing about that is, and I'd have to think about this one for a sec because I am on the spot, but why wouldn't – okay, so he's fouled on the shot and it went in. Correct. Dunked. Huh? And it was an intentional foul. Well, they called it a technical. I don't know if you know if they called it a flagrant one or a flagrant two or an no, intentional. But but yeah, but they called it technical. Been going forever, but why wasn't he awarded one shot? Oh, for like the and one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but he, you know, he made the dunk. He, I think he made one or two free throws, and then they ended up missing the shot. So it really didn't cost us that much. I think they only got three points out of it, but it felt like. That just felt a bit extreme, but uh, let's move on here, Clay. We we're, we've been running pretty long here. Let's kind of get get going here. Uh, so another one of the pauses in this game was Thompson. You know, another great offensive game. Uh, he had 19 points. He was six of eight from the field. Uh, this, but he was kind of bad on the defensive end. Uh, one of their big man's whacker was kind of eating him up down low on the other end, which forced Edwards to kind of. You know, he had to pull him for certain stretches of the game, which when he's your one guy making baskets, I'd probably prefer you just leave him in but and be a liability on defense and try to double-team the guy. But he did have a good game. Uh, another one of the positives, Banks, again, continued this trend of, you know, guarding the best wing uh, scorer. Uh, Justinian Jessup is the Boise State uh, leading uh, one of their leading score, scores, he averaged 12 and a half points a game. And Banks, uh, with some others, uh, helped uh, hold him to one of eight from the field. Uh, and he's close to a 50% free throw three point shooter as well. And he held him to one of four there. 
and he held him to only six points, so that's a positive. Let's see here. One of the some of the negatives, uh, Porter. Uh, so, like I was kind of saying before, you know, had a roller coaster type season. He went from, yeah, looks like he's got some potential to man, he's unplayable. And then I thought in the New Mexico game and the San Jose game, he didn't look that bad. He, you know, he had seven points in each game. You know, only one or two. He had one turnover in one game, two in the other. But in this game, Clay, he looked like the fat kid on the playground. And what I mean by that is, as a fellow fat kid, when I played basketball, and I, you know, I have some athletic skills, but I was no basketball player by any means. When I would get the ball on the court and I would try to dribble, like the other kids would just see like blood in the water and they just swarm, swarm, swarm. Yeah. And that's what happens when Porter gets the ball. They just see you know, like a deer in the headlight look, or and as soon as the defender gets around him, he just folds and he just, I mean, I think he was only credited with two turnovers in that game, but anybody who watched that game knows that he had far more than two turnovers. And it, he was just unplayable in this game. And it, and it resulted he only played nine minutes. And I think at the end of the game, he wanted to play Porter, but not and it fouled out, but Porter was unplayable, so he had to play Fornstrom. Yeah, and I think some uh, sometimes – you know, it kind of goes back to that Bull Durham movie, you know, uh, where he was saying, you know, just pitch, don't think. And uh, I think yeah. he needs to breathe through his eyelids. Yeah, or something. That's what I said. You got to breathe through your eyelids. Yeah, he he just, I think, you know, when he's scoring points, he's not thinking about it. He just gets it and he does it. And, um, you know, I that's the problem is he, he's got to get in a flow somehow. Obviously, he has enough talent to do some things, but he's got to, he's got to quit thinking about it and being robotic out there. He's got to be. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think he needs to try to dribble less because, you know, he, he's a little too aggressive of trying to, you know, drive it to the hoop. But I think the thing that frustrates me most about Porter is it just always looks like he's about ready to fall asleep. It looks like he just has no emotion out there and it really annoys me, but he did have that. Do you remember that in the first half where he kind of had that turnover and then he he chased back on defense and it looked like he got, he got a clean block, but they called him for the foul. So that was yeah. impressive. And he, he does show some athleticism. Uh, so speaking of uh, Fornstrom, he was one of the positives in this game. I He came in, he played the last nine minutes. Uh, and this is the walk-on for those of you that don't remember, the guy that just joined the, the team like a week ago. Uh, he was two or three from the field. He had five points, three rebounds. He had one offensive rebound. He must not have played under Edwards long enough. He, he He's supposed to know he's not supposed to go for those offensive boards, Clay. What was he doing? <laughs> well, it's just uh, youthful. You want to call it like dumb luck or youthful inexperience? Yeah. He uh, doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing, and it works out for him anyway. Yeah, so that was good. And let me – I just want to mention T.J. Taylor. Um, he was also – it's kind of another one of those freshman moments. He was very good on the offensive end. Well, as far as scoring, he had 10 points. He was 4-7 from the field. He showed some real ability to kind of take to the rim and finishing traffic. But he also had four turnovers, and he made several of those Ryan Leaf-type airmail balls. 
So you got to take the good with the bad. These guys just need to, you know, find a way to show more good than bad as we continue to go on. Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention about Forstrom, and I'll give uh, Ian McMahon credit for this as I was reading the Wyoming message boards. He had a good theory that I that I agree with, and I'll just, like, I'll throw it to you, Clay, and see what you say on this. But I just don't think the slow-it-down style is working. You know, we're creating worse looks for our own team, and we're turning the ball over exponentially at a higher rate. Uh, so it just doesn't seem to be working. I understand the reason for doing it. You know, we're outmanned. We're only seven scholarship players. You know, we can't afford to get guys tired and foul trouble. But the theory I ain't had, and I, I tend to agree with him, because Forsham's came in and, he, he, you know, he doesn't look like a fish out of water. He looks like a D1 athlete. He looks like he's got some skill. If he played Forsham, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a game, that would allow us to go to, a, you know, a full eight-man rotation with the seven scholarship players. And then we could, you know, kind of play more our tempo, you know, you know, where we were turning the ball over. I think when we were playing our tempo, you know, we were only turning the ball over about 13 times a game. And under this new style, it's more like 18 times a game. What would you think about that, Clay? Do you think we need to stick with the slow down or has Fortune shown enough where maybe he could play 10, 15 minutes a game? We could go back to our tempo we'll play. Yeah, I think he's athletic enough. I think I've seen that, but I, um, you know, you're right. Whatever we're trying to do isn't working. And so, you know, now that we do have those eight guys and, and they're eight, you know, capable players at times, uh, yeah. I don't that see the word there. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I think, you know, you gotta, I think you just gotta just try something different because you can beat it to death and it's not going to work for you, but you know, we keep bringing up that insanity. If, if this isn't going to work and you have the guys to do it, just give it a try. Maybe yeah, we'll try be, you know, you can still, you can still try to play defense the way you do. You just, you know, but we need, obviously we need more opportunities because I mean, in every conference game we played this year, we haven't gotten out of the fifties. We are dead set on being in the fifties. Yeah. We got, 59 against San Jose State, but we're still in the 50s. And so, I mean, yeah, even the game we won, we were still in the 50s. I mean, yeah, got to do something to shake it up, though. All right. Well, I think we went longer than we probably planned, longer than normal. So, sorry we, we rambled a little bit, but uh, just a couple frustrated Wyoming fans trying to talk through our uh, despair here. Uh, so, our next game we play at home against Fresno, who's, you know, five and two. In conference, uh, fourteen to five uh, overall in the season. So this is going to be a very tough game for us to win. Uh, so no, I don't want to get into that. Like I said, we've already went long today. Uh, all right, I think with that, we'll just uh, put a bow on this show, call it good, and we'll uh, see you sometime next week for the next uh, edition of Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. You guys all have a good uh, good night. you have it. Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball, a production of 
Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC.